You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. Are they back or is it another false dawn for the men in maroon? We don't know yet, but we're going to make the most of at least having something positive to chat about for the first time in a few weeks. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson. And Mark, are you someone who's getting excited by the latest result or as certain Scott McIntosh mentioned on Twitter, are you in the one swallow does not make a summer camp <laughs> at the moment? Definitely excited by by the win. Um, there's no way I'm going to start off and say, yeah, but, because that would set a really shitty tone. Uh, can we play Aberdeen every week? Because that's the first time we've won in the league at home since the 20th of May against Aberdeen. By the way, how bad were they? My word, they were they were honking. And it was like they needed name tag badges to kind of know who everyone else was. But, I mean, there's there's not making many signings and there's there's doing what Nottingham Forest did last year and what Aberdeen seemed to have done this year. They were rancid, but we'll take it. They were. And to be fair, you know, if, if Hearts called for can we play you every week at home, Aberdeen, then Aberdeen fans may well say, well, can we play you every week at home? Sure. Because it is a fixture which we've mentioned before is dominated by the home side. We're now 19 games and counting since an away team has won when Hearts and Aberdeen meet. And it's a funny one, that, isn't it? Because, you know, you'll get great runs against teams because you're better than them. And obviously, you know, the likes of Rangers and Celtic have had very good runs at Tynecastle. I think Kilmarnock are one of those that maybe the kind of anomaly where it's a team that either you're similar to or in Kilmarnock's kind of side of things, you'd say that Hearts have predominantly been better than Kilmarnock, but they've had a great run at Tynecastle until... Well, recently, but they still got a draw this season. But this one's one where it just seems to be the home team just dominates, doesn't it? Hearts are terrible at Pataudry and Aberdeen are terrible at Tynecastle. It's not even one of these where it's like there's lots of tight games. I just feel like Hearts don't turn up at Pataudry. They just play awful and Aberdeen play awful at Tynecastle. Here's, here's an interesting one for you. We spoke last week about the last time an away side won this particular fixture. Yes. And it was Sunday the seventh of May, right? But the old I've May just, stand was still it was still there in all its glory. It was Ian Cather was in charge, but this was the Hearts lineup. 
Oh, th honestly, this is exactly your sound effect. And if you want to insert <laughs> another sound effect right here, <laughs> because this is this is something else. Jack Hamilton in goal, already shuddering. Andras Struna, Leonard Soa, Jesus. Well, Jesus wasn't playing, but he could have been. Aaron Hughes, oh my word. Prince Boabin, Christian Novak, Arno Jum, Alexandros Cholis, Isma, Jamie Walker, and Don Cowie. And I have to read out the subs because it gets even worse. Chule, remember him? Liam Smith, Bjorn Johnson, Victor Noring, the Swedish keeper, gee whiz, Perry Kitchen, Rory Curry, and Mallory Martin. That was the last time that the away team won that fixture. Aberdeen, by the way, Joe Lewis, Shea Logan, Andrew Considine, Ash Taylor, Graham Shinney, Mark Reynolds, Peter Pollitt, Jonathan Hayes, Johnny Hayes, Adam Rooney, now again, Kenny McLean. You know what? Jonathan that's, Hayes. Jonathan Hayes. That's, a, that's, that's the side you kind of line up. You expect kind of from Aberdeen back then under Derek McInnes. But that Hearts lineup, wow. Yeah, that was, I mean, how much... Of, how much have things changed in the interim period? Clearly a lot, which it's not like you're comparing like for like and that it's always been the kind of same with the same squads and the same players and everything like that. I mean, that's just, that is a totally different heart squad. I forgot how bad we were with some of the players that we had back then. My word. Yeah, I'm just thinking of, um, you know, Kelsey Grammer doing the sideshow Bob <laughs> and the fact you know there's the episode where he just steps on rake after rake yeah, yes, that's that's what you, every time you were mentioning one of the names there it was I've got this picture of Scott Wilson doing exactly that with the rake is it right boy let's get right behind the teams your hearts line up for this afternoon Jack Hamilton Hooray! well can, can uh, Scott I... felt when we had Joel Pereira in goals that's how he has to lead every time your heart's team for today <laughs> in goals oh no you can do that right. kind of laugh that becomes a cry just like Joel Pereira yeah, bro. yeah right from the off anyway yeah, oh, enough, of the, enough of the Simpsons references because we do have a hearts game to talk about we will get to the Hearts against Aberdeen match very soon. We will chat a little bit about some of the players that maybe didn't make it or didn't make it to the level they could have. We, we spoke with that last time, so we've got a few tweets to get to on that. And we will also talk about the upcoming game away to St Mirren this weekend. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So, Heart of Midlothian against Aberdeen. We joked about it maybe being El Sacchio, the sequel with both Stephen Naismith and Barry Robson. Whether they're under pressure from upstairs at the club or not, we don't know, but certainly fans and maybe not overly happy with how either side have been performing and rightly so the way they've started the season hearts just four points from their opening four games and Aberdeen with two points from their opening four games so a lot riding on this one really in terms of hearts we heard beforehand that Alex Cochran is out and will be out for six plus weeks which is a bit of a blow which meant Stephen Kingsley came in for him at left back Alex Lowry also dropped out of the lineup from the side that lost to Motherwell last time out and in came Kenneth Vargas who made that debut for Costa Rica 
during the international break. So similar shape again for Hearts, 4-2-3-1, or kind of go into a 4-4-2 at times with Boyce almost partnering Shankland at points. Clark and goals, Atkinson right, Kingsley left, Kenton rolls in the centre, Devlin Haring, Oda, Boyce, Vargas supporting Shankland. So really not much surprise. Mark, in terms of the starting lineup, I think we all suspected that. I think maybe many people, we're not feared, but um, were concerned that this would be the case. There would be very little in the way of changes in terms of personnel, anyway. Um, pretty much as predictable as you could get, you'd say, from the management in terms of who lined up. Yeah, to an extent. Uh, first of all, I think if if he was ever going to change information whether it was to a back three or whatever, that was the game. So the, the fact he played 4-2-3-1 is his formation. That will not change now. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned as well, it does alter during games and and is, can be flexible, but starting lineups are pretty much 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Benny Benigami's fitness. Uh, if Benny was playing every week, Benny would start. Benny's not. Now he was back training. He was on the bench. Um, Could have come on. Didn't. Um, so it was Devlin and Haring. I thought Devlin was excellent. Um, Haring, not so much. And I'm not sure, I've said before, I don't think that works um, together. So hopefully Benny can can get back um, into the, the, the side with once his fitness is up to, a, to the requisite level. A few kind of games coming thick and fast after the St. Mirren game. So hopefully we'll see him back soon. The other thing is um, Tagawa picked up a knock on Friday. I don't know if that was reported in training, he um, just a little knock that ruled him out at the weekend. Shouldn't be anything too serious. So that's why he wasn't um, on the bench. And that's why young Mr. 25, Macaulay Tate, was on the bench. Apart from that, I like the front four. I have to mm-hmm. say, Vargas, Boyce, Sonoda, and behind Shanklin. Um, we, we don't really have a, a dilemma now because when Kingsley and, and Cochran are both fit, it'll be interesting to see what happens and, and do we play them both? Do we play one over the other? Because to be fair, when Cochrane's fit, Cochrane should start. But we don't have to worry about that for the next six to eight weeks, which is unfortunate. I'd like to have that dilemma, but it gives Stephen Kingsley a good run in the team. And I think Kingsley's been him. really good this season. To be yeah. I, th- I thought he was really yeah. good on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he rightly was getting a bit of criticism in the second half of last season. He didn't look the same sort of player and yeah. it was maybe partly, you know, he had that really bad head knock. He was out for a prolonged period after the concussion um, protocol. He did have an injury earlier in the season as well. So it was maybe just one of those things he couldn't quite kind of get back to the match sharpness that he, he had yeah. previously. But I think he's been really good this season. I thought he was great on Saturday. He got forward really well and I think defensively he's been I would probably say our, uh, him and Kent have been our most consistent defenders across yeah, the season. Kent. Maybe not saying much because we have had some mm-hmm. poor games and we know that some players have struggled but I thought I thought Kingsley was really good. Yeah, Kingsley's a really good player. and He set high standards when he came in um, during season 2020-21 I think it was um, and and he, he actually he hit the ground running, didn't he? With uh, four goals that season, six goals the following year, and he hasn't scored for Harps in the league since the 3-1 victory over Hibernian at Tynecastle in April 2022. So the other thing about having Stephen Kingsley in your team is if you get a free kick within 25 yards, it's it's Kingsley range. Is it me? I'm just trying to think. You'll, you've seen pretty much all the, the games have we had a shortage of free kicks from that Kingsley range 
over the past 12 months or something? Um, I'd have to have a proper think about it. He obviously had one against Dundee that the keeper saved, which was a yep. decent effort. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some disappointing ones straight into the wall or over the bar, so he maybe he maybe needs to find his range again. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm watching like constant poor free kicks from him. It's just the opportunity maybe doesn't always arise. And um, I guess it's something players are just smarter about, isn't it? Trying not to concede if you know the opposition does have a set piece taker. Yeah, but, yeah. I, th- I think with the four, by the way, I, th- I think that's our four now. Um, in front yeah, of Xander maybe. Clark. Well, who, who else? I mean, I know you've... We'll, we'll speak about Kai Rolls, and Kai, Kai Rolls was, was excellent, um, yeah. much needed as well. But you've still got the Toby Civic issue. Because I'd like to... Do you to... know what I like about Civic is he, you know, we don't need to, we're not going to get into him too much in the game because, you know, he didn't have a huge part to play. But, no. you know, he, he comes on and he gets put on in a position which is certainly not his role right back. It's not where you... But I, I always like his attitude. He comes on and I thought he did really well against Duke. Who, you could see he was getting frustrated, but straight yep. away Civic put a, put a big tackle in him, a fair tackle. And I thought he marshaled him well, but he still likes to get forward as well. You know, sometimes you put a centre back at right back and they don't really want to get up the park. They want to just kind of try and stay in line, keep in position. But I thought he did well because, you know, Atkinson gets forward um, excellently. And obviously when we had to take him off, there's a bit of a concern. Are we going to lose something on that side? But I thought he stepped in really well. And I just think he's the kind of player who looks like... Mac and F was similar, I think. Different position, but didn't matter when you chucked him in or if he'd not been playing for three weeks or you put him in wide or you put him deeper. He always looked like he could do something and he wanted mm-hmm. to impress. You know, some players, you see that the attitude goes or they come on and they look like, well, what's the point of me getting 20 minutes in a position that's not mine? But I always like that. I always respect that about him. Yeah. I'm looking at a website called footballlineups.com, which is usually pretty accurate. It's got him... The last time he started at left uh, at right back, and I know he came on at right back, but the last time he started at right back, do you want to have a guess? Assuming this works out, it's good. Um, no, no, because he came on as a sub. Remember? Oh, in that he came game. on and went there. You're, so you're very. That's a great guess, by the way, because you're really close. It was after the home leg against Zurich. Um, we went to Livingston. We lost one nil, and he started at right back. Right. It okay, I remember it there. That, that time yep. he got put there. Yep. Um, and that that was the time. I mean, I remember when he came on. I think it was it was it for Halkett against Zurich, who had to go yeah. off hurt. Um, and then it was Atkinson and Civic on that side, and you're just like, <laughs> there's there's that sound effect again from the start when we laid uh, named that Hearts team against Aberdeen six years ago. So yeah, it's it's an option. I think I think Natty Atkinson, right? I think it, the reason I'm talking about these four as a kind of let's let's just. Let's let them build up a rapport together. Let's let them build up a relationship. Um, hopefully it's not long before Craig Gordon comes back, maybe by the end of October. Although Craig's obviously been pretty careful not to put an exact date on because that's that's folly for anybody because if you miss it, people are like, oh. So we don't know with, with Craig. So it gives it gives them an opportunity, a back four, to play in front of, of Xander Clark, um, maybe until kind of mid to end October now. Um, and if there's any injuries, then you know if there's an injury at centre-back or at right-back, then Toby Simic can fill in. Who would you play at left-back if uh, Stephen Kingsley got hurt? Would you move Kai Rolls across there and put Toby Simic at centre-back, or what would you do? If Stephen Kingsley got injured? Mm-hmm. 
with Cochrane already out. Hopefully that just doesn't happen. Would be no, but I'm just I'm I'm just saying we've got the cover uh, right back in the two centre backs. Do we simply pro- shift Kai Rolls across uh, like they did for Australia? I'd probably I'd probably put Halliday in the left back before I would put Kai Rolls out there, okay. especially given you're then you're then disrupting the centre of defence and putting someone out of position at, at left back. I would I, I would Are probably not, Yeah. Well let's let's hope that doesn't happen. Okay. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. I mean, in okay. terms of the match, yeah, Aberdeen start you know, they do favour a back three as they have done for most of the games under Barry Robson. And, and to be fair in this game, they actually started brightly, the opening maybe ten minutes. Aberdeen were getting in behind hearts a, a little bit. McGarry was coming forward on the left. They were playing balls in behind it. We're almost picking out Miofsky and and Duke. But I thought the defence looked very settled from the start, quite composed. Uh, the the one player you highlighted, you know, we don't we're not going to have a lot of negatives, but Peter Haring got himself a very silly yellow early on. It was a fully yes. deserved yellow as Aberdeen were breaking forward, and there was a moment later <laughs> in the half, yes, where I didn't get a replay of it. I think whoever was doing the RC production, we got lucky, we bit lucky. He went in on Shinny, and mm-hmm. he was fuming. The Aberdeen players were sprinting after the referee. Now, bearing in mind, obviously VAR couldn't have intervened anyway because unless it was a red card, a straight red, as opposed to being a second yellow. But on first viewing, both Jimmy and I were doing that. Oh, what's he doing? Um, And then he went for another challenge, I think, early in the second half, which is why he only lasted 50 minutes. It may just be at the moment he's not quite on it, but he really did look a kind of yard off it. It was almost like he had Devlin a yard extra with what he, he looked, was doing. He, he looked like Benny Beningamy did in Norway. Uh, but maybe not as bad because Benny yeah. clearly shouldn't have played that day, and, and he was he was a couple of yards off the pace. I don't think Peter Haring was was that slow, but yeah, just after the after he gets the yellow card, then he's, he's I'm surprised he actually came out for the second half. Yeah, um, he was he was yeah. he was walking that tightrope, and you could see yeah, he's, and, and the problem is it's me. I don't even think he's that type of player. But you know, with Cami Devlin, you always get that worry when he's on the yellow because Cami can't not charge around and put challenges in. It's just, it's in his nature, isn't it? Whereas Haring is sometimes a little bit more um, controlled, isn't he? It's how he how he plays, but it's funny you say that about Benny and, and you know, when, when Craig can come back, because obviously he was in the Hearts TV studio and we were chatting about when he can potentially come back, and he says it's just hard to sometimes tell when you can be thrown into a game sure. and there's not really that middle ground, and it was he, he kind of referenced Benny as well and said, you know, you sometimes don't know until you get put out there um, how you'll do and it's one of those as well where we kind of miss that option of having like a reserve game or something You could. Be. so I think they maybe would I wouldn't be surprised if Hearts tried to get a bounce game at the next international break for the likes of maybe of Craig because it's, it, you know I think until they put Benny in to that game and none of us were like raging about it you know when we saw him in a starting lineup, we were pleased you know oh, oh, Benny's back when we played away to Rosenborg and then the game started and you're like oh Jesus no he's he's not back <laughs> he's he's that, that's on the coaching staff there. That's a hundred percent on the coaching staff. It is. It is. And he, he picked up the injury, and and it's, he, again, we're we're now mid September. That game it is, was but at August. the same time. When will you for for Benny and for you know Craig's maybe slightly different because he's in goals. So I mean, it's not going to be a case of you, you know, should know the lorry. You should know it. these these guys have, have been around the football. Uh, world long enough, the coaching staff to know when someone, uh, just from bounce games or or little short-sighted games or, or from training. Maybe. Uh, 
they, they should. They, they should. Oh, yeah. The problem, I mean, the, the problem yeah. you've got is that when the player says, I'm fine, I'm ready, I want to go, that's then because that's when it becomes a bit of a problem for, for the coaching staff. Because if I guess you're the not problem sure, is as well, the problem is as well, though, but when are, are they ever going to, you know, they've been out for that long. You don't have sure. games you can, you know, apart yeah, from preseason yeah. friendlies, you don't have games that you can get them up to speed and you, you just have to chuck them back in. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's just an interesting one. I know for a goalkeeper, it'll be slightly different because it's not be a case of having to cover a lot of ground and maybe not having the legs as much, but um, there's still a degree of not knowing until you're out there about match sharpness. And Yeah, bear in mind, we did ready. have Peter Haring on the bench that day and he was a substitute at halftime. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not defending the decision so much, but it's almost when, when can you put them in? You know, we're not a team that's going to have, you know, meaningless games where you can, you know, you're not, you're not a Man City. We maybe get a home game where you're going to have, uh, you're going to be three, four nil up constantly, where you can chuck players in and gradually, you know, we we're not necessarily going to have that luxury. Nice touch from Shanklin, well taken down by Boyce midway inside the Aberdeen half, rolls into the path of Oda, into the box, Oda tight angle, deflected across and in. Yutaro Oda with the aid of a deflection drills it across the box and it pings up into the back of the net and with less than 14 minutes played it's second of the season for the Japanese and it's hard to Midlothian 1 Aberdeen 0 In terms of the game Aberdeen started a little bit brighter but Hearts very quickly got to grips with the match especially in the 14th minute when Yutaro Oda smashed home the opener and this is a nice move and I think one thing that was evident in this game was the fact that we we did we were a bit braver with our passing, is how Naismith referred to it, but we did try and play it forward a bit more. And there was a chance for Nathaniel Atkinson earlier on, which came from closing down, but also came from the fact that Sander Clark went long and we played and we got a second ball. And the build up to this goal, it was a ball forward from the keeper that Aberdeen cleared. Cami Devon picked up and we quickly played it forward. It was a nice interplay between Boyce and Shankland. I thought Boyce was excellent in terms of being that kind of link-up man. Uh, ball gets slipped out to Yutaro Oda. Now, there is some fortune about the fact it takes a deflection, which I think carries the ball away from uh, the goalkeeper who's slightly unsighted. Whether he would have saved it or not, I'm not sure, but I think he would have had a decent chance if it hadn't taken the deflection. But we're sometimes frustrated that Hearts aren't creating chances or aren't having shots on goal, that they are maybe being too slow. Sometimes that's what you need, isn't it? Play direct, play the ball forward, and if it opens up slightly, have a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to go down the whole buying tickets and winning raffles and everything like that. But <laughs> I actually thought with the first look, I thought Vargas might have got a touch because obviously from from a high up, um, you you see there's some kind of deflection. But the minute that I mean if Vargas gets a touch, he's off with the arm outstretched and and off to the races and off to celebrate. Um, I was pleased for for Oda. Just disappointing, he had to go off um, 20 minutes later with the injury. But again, you're right about the start. I thought they maybe started a little bit better. Um, however, um, once we once we got that goal, and how how often have we we kind of said it in recent weeks about the turning points going to come, but it's how it comes and, and when it comes, and to to get ahead, that's what you needed because the last thing you wanted is Aberdeen scoring first and then Tyne Castle becomes that horrible place yeah. to play. Um, for for the home the home players, so to get that goal and to have everybody singing from the same hymn sheet, it's just what we needed. And and then to go on and and to kick on from there with the performance, um, I thought was 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 excellent. And it was it was a much needed win. And I'm I'm all for yes, they were shite. Second half they were embarrassing. 
Um, ten different nationalities. I've just checked um, for Aberdeen. It's got to be some really? kind of record. Yeah, ten different Dutch. I'm sure. Har- I'm sure Hearts managed that at some point back in the day. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Have we ever had? Has there ever been eleven different nationalities? Because if there has been, it's probably Hearts that have done it. Yeah, but probably Aberdeen. Aberdeen had ten, and it looked like some of them had just been introduced to each other. But again. Let's not focus on it. Let the Aberdeen podcasts worry about them and the future of Barry Robson. Yeah. This is a Hearts podcast. And yeah, I, I came away from that with a good feeling again. Not a kind of brilliant, we're back, because there's a lot of work to be done. And if we go and lose at St. Mirren or we get knocked out the cup at Kilmarnock, then the next episode's going to be a bit harder. But when we do have a chance to accentuate the positives, why don't we take it? Yeah, it's it, from what you're saying, I think one thing you do have to highlight with Aberdeen is not only if they had a poor start, but yeah, I mean, they're back three. One of the big things I noticed the difference between the last time they came at Tynecastle when Hearts dominated and won the game deservedly, but it's an entirely different back three than what was doing so well for Barry Robson last season. I think it was Scales, um, McDonald and Pollock, and it was a different back three for this one. And it did show at times. It was interesting. So Scott McIntosh couldn't make it today. He's just back from a, a wee break, so he couldn't come on the podcast. So he did send us a message. No, no, no. Um, Hold on. Tell the truth. He's been ostracised. He has been given a red that's, card. No, and that's a, what I should have said, yeah. And a one-podcast suspension for having the audacity to come on a Hearts podcast and predict an away win <laughs> at Tynecastle. So it's a one-podcast okay. ban. For yep. Scott, that's the real none of the center parks pish and too tired to come on. He's been <laughs> banned from coming on because of that prediction. He'll be back next week. Yeah, no, that was a shocker. It was a Awful. shocker, to be fair. I mean, yeah, we maybe get predictions wrong, but at least it's usually wrong because we predict hearts are going to win and they don't. <laughs> but if, it, if it's if it's reverse psychology, then maybe it worked. He, he messaged on, he did say, it was very encouraging to see the team generally playing with more intent on getting the ball forward, with roles in particular looking decent on the ball. This would suggest that Naismith's voice has reached the squad during the international break. Devlin was my man of the match, affecting the game in our final third. It should be noted that there was a huge gap between himself and Haring that ball-playing teams could easily exploit, but thankfully the Dons were very direct and that played into our hands. Newenhoff showed what he is capable of playing in a deeper number eight role with the game in front of him. It's vital now that the momentum carries on for the next three games. Um, and it's some good points. So one thing I'll before we get to half-time and everything in the second period, 34th minute, Utara Oda went off, obviously disappointing. He scored a goal. Alan Forrest came on, much maligned at times, Alan Forrest. And I'll admit, I was one of the people who's like, oh, Oda's off and Forrest is going to come on to, to to do nothing, to run around and and offer very little. But <laughs> I'm being honest, I mean, that was what was going to, through my head and a few people were probably... Probably not the only one. But I thought Alan Forrest did very well on Saturday. Um, I thought he used his pace effectively at times. He got in behind, he played it wide. I thought he challenged the Aberdeen defenders, took them on one-on-one. And he had played a part in the second goal as well. So I just want to highlight it because you know we have criticised him before, and he's come in for plenty of criticism, and often it's been deserved. But considering he came on for the goal scorer, thirty fourth minute, I thought he did very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a squad player. Um, I'd like to see more from him on a more regular basis. But he's the type of player who probably needs a run of games to get that consistency, and it's not easy because he's if everyone's fit, he's not a first choice. But you want someone that's going to come on and, and make a difference. And I thought both, I thought he was 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 decent when he came on. I didn't pull up any trees, but I thought he was fine. But I thought Neuenhoff 
just kept yeah. it simple when he came on and we've missed that. Yeah, I think that's a big one. So half time, one nil hearts, and I think you can, the the pass completion kind of shows a story about Aberdeen. There was fifty seven percent pass completion for Aberdeen, which it's the 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 Robson ball, and again, we don't want to make an Aberdeen podcast, but he, he just wants to get the ball forward, and it seems bizarre at times. So they do have some reasonable midfield players, especially Leighton Clarkson, who they've reportedly spent the best part of a million pounds to get him permanently from Liverpool, yet seems to get bypassed quite often. Did uh, you say but, 57% of passing accuracy? Yeah, so passing accuracy, pass completion. That's so, dreadful. It is, but that's what I mean. Yeah, fifty. I mean, Hearts were only just over seventy percent. I think Hearts actually got not drawn into it, but I think we effectively played it longer at times as well. But Aberdeen was yeah, just over half, oh. um, and that's why, that's why you know Naismith has obviously come under some criticism as well, and rightly so because things haven't been working. But I guess the thing with Aberdeen is not only is it not working, but the approach is brutal to watch. I mean, and I and I know that. Sometimes Hearts under Nielsen and some of these games under Naismith, it was slow, it was it was lethargic and it wasn't effective, but it is just hitting hope sometimes, it feels with Aberdeen. I know they've got some decent forward players. Miofsky plays off the shoulder quite well. Duke has a lot of pace, but you could see them getting frustrated. Duke especially, just chasing shadows in behind. Um, so again, we do have to highlight it that Aberdeen were very poor, especially in the second half. You know, the first half, it wasn't... I thought Hearts were marginally the better team but there wasn't too much in it hearts weren't great um but in the second half they did certainly take the game by the scruff of the neck and Hoff, i think was a big one coming on to replace harring like you say harring had to come off he was walking that red card tightrope he wasn't having his best game he looked a yard off the pace Hoff didn't he looked very sharp and i think he he does have more forward thinking and he carries the ball a lot better than harring does and i'd be very interested to see how him and cammy devlin would work together on a more regular basis. Uh, on the hour mark, one of my favourite, if not the favourite moment for the match, or just would have been my favourite if it had been for maybe a few inches, <laughs> Kenneth Vargas smashing the ball from oh. 25, 30 yards and it crashing off the post from nowhere as well. And I can't tell if Kenneth Vargas is going to be one of these that just it peters out, it just never quite happens. But I think he's one of these that the fans really want it to work out because mm-hmm. he's he's got that energy, he's got that enthusiasm. Um he, he's not he, he doesn't hide in games at all. He wants to get the ball, he wants to put challenges in. He's um we've saw we saw it in the European game against Pauk as well. He doesn't care about getting um getting involved in things. He's got that little fiery temperament. I saw someone um compare him to Suso. I was about to say that quite, Su- quite a fair one as well. One. He had that little spark, you know. It doesn't always work. Um, he'll have games where he just doesn't come off at all. But there's a bit of Jean Louis Valois in there as well. Yeah, um, and I think when he scores his first goal, it'll be terrific. You know, when when Oda before he got his first goal, that you could you know the fans were starting yes. to will it, will the ball in for him, and you could tell it would be an especially loud cheer at Tynecastle. I think the same might be for Vargas, and he's quite raw still. But that's what we kind of uh, you know we knew that when we signed him but I've, I've been impressed with how quickly he's adjusted for a young guy coming over from South America to, to a whole new league and a whole new country I think he has adjusted better coming over from Central America than Alex Lowry has coming over from the west of Scotland because yes, absolutely. L- Lowry and there's flashes we've, we've seen them but that's not enough 
And if he wants to get to the next level, Alex Larry was an unused sub. So he could have been the one that came on for Oda, but Forrest was chosen. He could have been the one that came on for Boyce, but George Grant was chosen. So there's reasons for that, whether it's in training during the week or or whatever, whether it's tactical. But Alex Larry's got an opportunity during this loan spell to show whether it's Michael Beale or whoever the next Rangers manager is, if Beale doesn't last the season, that he can offer something more than just flashes. Um, because you you don't if you're playing behind him on his side, whether he's left, whether he's right, or wherever he is. The the last thing you want is to kind of think, oh Christ, I've got him in front of me that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be twice the twice the work for me today or or whatever. But there's definitely something there from from Alex Lowry. Um but uh, again, he, he's he's on the outside looking in right now and Kenneth Vargas played the full ninety minutes and I I thought I thought he was good. I, I I thought he was good. There's there's still a lot to work on, but one of the key things about a player like Kenneth Vargas, if he doesn't know what he's going to do next, what chance do the opposition have? Yeah, and I think the thing as well when you're comparing those two, you know, Alex Lowry's on loan from a parent club that at the moment are likely going to want to take him back. So we are effectively developing him for Rangers. So we he needs to be making an impact. We don't want to be having to, you know, he doesn't we don't want him to be playing his poor games with us as he learns it as yeah, he learns. We, we don't want him to be another Garang cool. No. Whereas whereas with Vargas, if you know we get hit or miss with him and he develops, then he's our he's our player. So yeah. I, you know, if we're going to be developing a player, I'd rather it was our own player. If Lowry can have an instant impact in games and he can play his part, then fine. But if there's not going to be much or any difference, or in fact, if Vargas is going to have more influence in a game, then absolutely he's going to be ahead of Lowry every time, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, so yeah, uh, 60th minute, uh, Vargas off the post, so still 1 0 hearts, but that was about to change. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Nice touch by Forrest going around the Aberdeen defender. Forrest gets away from the Serb well, clips into the area. Vargas waits. Header into the area looking for Shanklin. That's unlucky. Drops in Ewenhoff. Into the box now. Callum Ewenhoff challenged by Jensen. Falls to Ewenhoff. Rocks against an Aberdeen player, and Boyce knocks it in! Good reactions initially by Kelly Rose, but even better reactions from Liam Boyce just to knock it in from close range. First of the campaign from the Northern Irishman, and Hearts double their advantage. 63 and a half minutes played. Hearts have been in two. Aberdeen nil, Liam Boyce off the mark. Right, so 64th minute of play, and it's Callum Newenhoff involved in this, the substitute we mentioned, gets himself into the box, it's a cross which is deflected off an Aberdeen player towards goalkeeper Kelly Rose, who blocks it, but Liam Boyce is alive to bury the rebound from close range, first goal in over a year, uh, it got to credit Alan Forrest as I mentioned, he was involved in the build up on the left as well, and again, I think, just to highlight this we weren't just this one-dimensional playing it short. We did play it a bit more direct at times. This came from Xander Clark, playing it long out to the left, using Alan Forrest's pace and behind the Aberdeen defence. And 
he played the ball in, eventually came to Neuenhoff and eventually into the box and eventually fell to Liam Boyce. And really pleased for him because I thought he had a good game. You know, he's had a very tough year, you know, more than a year since he last scored. He missed the, mo- the majority of last season. And I think he deserved it. You know, I think he said himself pre-game that the team needs to be doing better in front of goal, needs to be getting more chances, needs to be scoring more goals. And he said he includes himself in that. So I think most people were really delighted to see Liam Boyce back on a score sheet. And I think most Hearts fans, especially now, really understand and appreciate just what he brings to the team. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't think Shanklin had the best game, but but Boyce did. Boyce, I'm not saying he was brilliant, but he, he was there to, to score and just to have to have him back in the in the lineup and I'd like to think now, so what did he get? 66. He's probably still um, maybe a, a few games away from being able to to kind of play 90 minutes back to back. But but there's another another example of of just how important he is. And and it, the goal came at a good time because it, you kind of needed it. You, there was a fair bit of dominance, a fair bit of kind of possession of the ball, and you kind of saw that they were hardly kind of laying a glove on us. But he still had to get that second goal, and and when we did. It was it was it was deserved, but it was much needed as well. And and by the way, I, I know I just mentioned um, Ganan Cool. I, I wasn't sure what happened to him if Newcastle had sent him back out on loan. Um, and he is gone to Volendam in uh, the Netherlands, and he is playing with Gennaro Zafuik's brother. There you go. Have that for free. There we go. Interesting to know. Not so, really. It's, it's boring. It's not. It didn't, it, it, it didn't. Exactly. It didn't need to be mentioned. But I found something with a hearts, uh, a hearts link. So I just put it, and I didn't need to. I, I could have just let it go, but I did. So there you go. You know where Kuals now, and you know where Gennaro Zafalk's younger brother plays as well. Lucky. Delighted. Delighted that we've cleared that up. So so two 0 Hearts, and that's how it ended. You know, Hearts pretty comfortable in that second half. I mean, the, the heads were down for Aberdeen. The Olays started well before 90 minutes and Aberdeen players didn't even seem that bothered about letting Hearts knock it around them which probably summed up their performance in the match but certainly some positives from Hearts it was good to see Kai Rolls as he mentioned and as Scott mentioned as well being more composed, being solid he played at left back for Australia in the international break but certainly looked comfortable back into his natural central defensive position Cammy Devon was terrific in the middle I think many people's man of the match including Scott and Boyce was good as well, amongst others. We've spoken about Stephen Kingsley also. Lots of players been very positive. Oda, Vargas as well. And substitutions that actually you know had a positive impact. We've spoken about Forrest. We've spoken about Civic. We've spoken about Neuenhoff. Uh, George Grant was fine. Maybe didn't stand out as much as some others off the bench. But a, a very positive game all round for Hearts. An interesting mark. Again, you know, stats, you can take them or leave them sometimes. But... 53% possession Hearts had against Aberdeen. First time we've had less than 64% in the league this season. First time we've done more with less. Yeah. Because we haven't done much with more. Yeah. That just it, it just interested me because um, we've had loads of the ball and not done much with it in, in recent matches, in particular the Motherwell, Motherwell game that was very poor last time out. So it's good to see a change and I think that's the main thing we wanted to see and we spoke about it last time was there would be a change in this game and we, you know we've, we've said at the start of this podcast we're not going to get carried away this is just one game Aberdeen tend to be terrible at Tynecastle, so we do need to see more than this and we will get to what's coming up next in terms of the next 
game and games, but it's a start, and that's what we needed, wasn't it? It is. I was just thinking about the the possession stats. So basically, if you go right back to centre back to centre back to defensive midfielder to centre back to right back to centre back, or you go right back to defensive midfielder to attacking midfielder to forward. So you, a lot of our passes were just passes for the sake of it. Um, and it, it's it's interesting when you look back, because I watched some of the highlights of some of the, the there's, there's no point just looking at the Aberdeen game and the games you win. The Dundee game, the Motherwell game, um, the, the games at, at home uh, as well, where we've, we're expecting to have more of the ball. How many players are actually showing for it? How many times are there options, multiple options? Sometimes there's one option. Sometimes nobody shows for it. But what Naismith wants is rather than the possession for possession's sake, is, is meaningful possession. And because we didn't get to the 65% mark or whatever it was, there's times when you're taking risks and you're taking chances that you are going to lose the ball. But that's what he wants. That's what that he wants that bravery. And Hearts fans want that as well. Because it's it's shite the way it was when you just got the ball. Because the, the opposition just know what to do. But I still think there's a big improvement that can that can be made. Um, but you don't go from middle of the road to Champions League winners, that type of performance. Uh, that's impossible to do. It's step by step by step. And we took a little step on Saturday um, with that with that result against Aberdeen. But, but, and it is a big but, so to speak, this next game, or these next two games, I would suggest, back to back in the space of three, four days at St Mirren and, and Kilmarnock. I I think these three games um, grouped together will tell us more about where we are than one game against a rank-rotten Aberdeen side, albeit we still had to beat them, and we beat them well. Yes, one step at a time. Indeed. Right, moving on from the victory over Aberdeen. Last week... We were talking about players that that could have made it, or players that could have played at a higher level. The the players who maybe didn't fulfil the potential that they had, and we we asked for some suggestions on this front, and we got some tweets about this. So we'll just get stuck into these at the moment. So um, both the Maroon Report and Ryan Sclater said both uh, both said Harry Cochran, um, who is still only twenty two. Which I know it's one of these crazy ones when because he came onto the scene so young, you know, made his debut at sixteen. Uh, he's only twenty-two now. Now with Queen of the South, and made his Hearts debut as I mentioned at sixteen. Scored his first goal, becoming the youngest ever league scorer for Hearts against Celtic, December twenty seventeen. Of course, world at his feet. How high could he go? Um, and it just hasn't happened quite yet for him. But Mark, he's one of these where you know there's a lot of promising signs, you know. Did he did he come in too early? Was he not quite ready? Or, um, but twenty two now, there's there's a lot of things that can still happen, and sometimes maybe taking a step or two steps back, however you look at it, can be the making of a player. I suppose I, I'm hoping maybe he can still kick on and and play at a higher level than Queen of the South. And I was thinking about Paul Hartley as one of those, you know, one of the the greatest modern day players, you know, in our time watching Hearts that we've had. But at the age of twenty seven, when he signed for Hearts, he'd just been playing second tier for St Johnston and he'd largely been playing out wide 
um, for his career until I think that it was uh, it was under Billy Stark, wasn't it, at St Johnston, who sort of moved him into an attacking central midfield role. So maybe could Harry Cochrane be one that didn't look like he was going to make it, but then he sort of flourished later on in his career. Mm. I don't know. I don't know because I've not seen much of him recently. So well, it's, it's funny we, we bring up Harry Cochran because um, I don't know how so the, the, the Falkirk highlights popped up on my social media feed this morning. It was a kind of late winner against Queen of the South and both Harry and Harry, Harry Stone and Harry Cochran are playing for Queen of the South. Um, so I got to see a, a little bit of how obviously Harry Stone didn't have any chance with with the goal, um, Harry Cochran started all five games in the league for uh, for Queen of the South. I, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, he's 22. There's so many players that we've, we've seen. I mean, whether it's Jamie Mole, Callum Elliott, all, all these guys. It's, it's very difficult. Sometimes you need a bit of luck. Sometimes you need to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But when you do get the chance, that you have to take it. And maybe it was a kind of it was it was a false level um, when he was. That when he was so good that day when we beat Celtic 4-0 um, and we, we kind of jested afterwards about having Scott Brown in his pocket but you you're, you go from from just a it's harsh to say a nobody but you're just a kid that you're thrust into something like that and everything just went for hearts that day and we spoke earlier about the team that, that lost to Aberdeen at Tynecastle back in 2017 I don't think that team that beat Celtic 4-0 that had some randoms in it as well I think Ross Callahan was was playing that day, um, so you, you need you need a bit of good fortune. But how do you how do you maintain that level? Totally different level altogether. Marcus Rashford, Mar- Marcus Rashford made his his debut for Man United when he wasn't even meant to be in the in the match day um, squad either, starting or or stripped. But there was an injury or an illness, I think, in 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 the warm up. And Rashford um, ended up being on the bench, came on and and scored, I believe, and hasn't really looked back. But how how would he have got that opportunity otherwise? Um, would he have really have got that opportunity? Maybe because he certainly has the ability. James McFadden, uh, something you can always go back to. Motherwell, well, they had all the issues with the administration and everything like that. Had to get rid of all their their high earners. And they had to play the kids. Would James McFadden have have got the chances without that? Probably not. Might have had to go somewhere else. So, what you probably need if you're if you're Harry Cochran is is a good cup draw, um, and play really well against a bigger side. When Andrew Robertson was at Queens Park, they played against Dundee United. He was spotted. He also played against Rangers, and they elected not even to bother. Um, so you, you need a bit of good fortune. I'm, I would never rule anybody out at the age of twenty two. That's unfair. But when you're in League One right now, um, it, it it will be tough. Maybe he's found his level. And you know what? There's thousands and thousands of people out there that would love to be a professional footballer and just either don't have the ability or if they do haven't haven't had the chance, they would they would love to swap places with, with Harry Cochran. But I, I don't know is the answer. And I don't know if Harry Cochran knows either. Graham Douglas said Lee Wallace could have been Scotland's left back for 10 years preferring the simple life and remaining comfortable with Rangers. So that's obviously Lee Wallace, who was a terrific player for Hearts, you know, over 150 appearances for Hearts. And before he got that, he got that terrible injury, didn't he, on Scotland duty, which um, which kept him out for 
quite a period. But I remember there was what two seasons where he was. I thought he was Hearts' best defensive player and best attacking player at the same time. It was between what oh eight oh nine oh ten sort of time. He was he was a real fantastic player. I think injuries blighted him a little bit, but I mean, um, I don't know where, where's he when it sits because he still had you know, over two hundred fifty appearances for Rangers. Maybe he took the option of playing for them through the lower leagues, which was maybe well below his level. Um, ended mm, Queens Park Rangers. It's not too bad a level, but he's possibly one that could have been even better than than what he than what he ended up being in his career. I think ten caps for Scotland is pretty good. And I, 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 again, come back to good fortune is who was playing at the time. I mean, Alan Hansen has under 30 caps because as we say, say, Alan Hansen definitely wasn't playing the same time as Lee Wallace. No, but, but he was, he was up, he was up against Miller and McLeish and that was Fergie's favorite pairing. Um, yeah. What is it about left backs at hearts that we seem to have done really well with? Over the years, uh, Tosh McKinley was a really, really good signing. Gary Naismith, Lee Wallace, Takis Fisas, Stephen Kingsley has been pretty good um, since he came in as well. There's certain ones that you you just look at and you think <laughs> we, we need to enjoy this kid while we can because he's he's destined for for bigger and and better things. Um, could Lee Wallace have done more if he'd left Rangers? Probably, yeah, p- probably, but. He he stuck to his guns and said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Rangers throughout all the the lower league shenanigans." And yeah, how how high could he go? Funnily enough, a friend of mine's a QPR fan. He always said he was very solid for them. Just stopped playing um, last summer, I think it was. Yeah. Um, at the age of the four thirty five or something like that. So and that that was a championship, and he's still playing pretty regularly. Um, certainly in the early spells with, with with Queen's Park Rangers. So, yeah, I think uh, probably. Probably, but how high could he have gone is, is, is the question. And we'll never know. Kenny C said, Craig Gordon has had a great career, but 100% would have went to the very, very top and broken a Scottish cap record. And Jordan said, not that I don't think he's had an excellent career or played at a very high level, but I think the injuries Craig Gordon got at Sunderland stopped him going much higher than them. For me, he would have been Scotland's record cap holder and would have signed for one of the big boys. Obviously, Craig Gordon has got 74 caps to date. Um, six in the all-time list, not too bad. Still a chance, maybe, of closing down. McStay on 76, McLeish 77, Fletcher 80, I think you've mentioned before, Mark. But he is one of those. It depends how you look at it, isn't it? Glass half full or half empty. You know, Craig Gordon himself, I'm sure to say, you know, 2013 time, was it, where there was potential that he might have just hung up the towel, hung up the gloves and had to retire due to the injuries and now look where he's got but yeah he was one of those back in the day and who's it? there was definitely talk of some of the big boys as is mentioned there that were looking at him and pre-injuries at Sunderland he was one of the best keepers and I don't say this you know in jest but one of the best keepers in Europe in the world in the solar system same thing no, we'll keep going. The universe. <laughs> and then to think that Ian Murray, former Hibs player now at Wraith, who was at Dumbarton at the time, offered him training facilities there, and he wasn't sure he was he was even going to get back um, playing Rangers. He was he was training with them between 
leaving Sunderland in 2012 and and joining Celtic in 2014, he, he didn't know if he was going to play again. So it depends what the parameters are with with um, our kind of homework here. One of the parameters might be if you were offered what you have done prior to doing what you have done, would you take it without having to do it? Does that make sense? Uh so if I'd said to Craig Gordon when Craig Gordon was played at Curry Boys Club and Tynecastle Boys Club with Mike. Oh, Gordon, sorry, if you offered him what's happened. If I'd offered him the career that he's had back then. I or he could I'm, take a chance and start Or you could, you could roll the dice and, and try something else. interesting one, yeah. Oh, for Craig, 100, 100 times out of 100, he, he takes he takes that rather than start again. We're not we're not saying you yeah, can you, You're doing that, right? You've, you've played for Scotland all these times. You've been one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Hopefully, he'll get back. You're still playing, hopefully, at the age of of, of 40. Because remember, he got injured just before he turned 40 on the 31st of December. So there's there's loads more things that Craig still has to achieve, wants to achieve, and and I certainly hope he, he does so. But if that's the parameter, and you offered Craig, a young Craig Gordon, when he was at Curry Boys and Tynecastle Boys Club, that career, sign here, you can have that career, or roll the dice, and go your own way, and if if you do better than that, good on you. I think he takes. Yeah, I think he takes the safe card. And it's one of those, isn't it? When you, you know, it's kind of those like sliding doors moment where, or you know, butterfly effect, where one one event or action can change things. And yeah, maybe he doesn't get injured at Sunderland. Maybe he gets picked up by Man United or Arsenal or something, and then maybe he sits on the bench. And maybe he doesn't become the same person and player that we that we see you know sometimes you know, what maybe that, that could be a good homework couldn't it for a sliding doors a heart sliding doors give us the what could have been if a certain event went differently if a certain shot that came back off the post actually went in or other way around a certain penalty that was converted wasn't converted you know what what could have happened to certain players if things had gone differently an injury didn't happen or an injury did happen that be is that too complicated? Give us a sliding doors of um, if a certain event or game or moment in a game did or yeah, didn't could, happen we, for we, a player. We could do features on that. I mean, I, mean, I think I'm right in saying that was Craig not in goal when we lost four 0 at Falkirk. He was, in yeah. First cup, and <laughs> that could that could be the end for most goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he eventually got the the jersey from um, fucking Teppy Moylan. That day wore tights. Honestly, that's up there with Joe Pereira and the rest. Goalkeepers should not be wearing tights. But yeah, I, I like the sliding doors moments. Um, yeah, I, it you've, would got give us be, an you've got to get creative because you're going to have to. You're, you're going to have to. You're making up basically the scenarios that, that could happen. John Robertson yeah. could have gone to Hibs had it not been for Tom Hart's um, yeah. indecisiveness. How and how would that sliding doors moment have impacted? You know the rest of. Of what happened in that's when you hearts and listen, I get football. to be creative, exactly. Yeah, what if would Paul, have happened? Yeah, yeah, if Paul Hartley didn't score that penalty against Aberdeen, we didn't get Champions League. Yeah, we did, some, didn't we did something similar with this, didn't we? When when we were speaking about, um, had the introduction of VAR taken place, um, many many years before it did, obviously it couldn't. What are, would we have benefited on the whole? Would we have, uh, would we have been worse off? Yeah, may not have won the Do cup I... in 98. <laughs> well, what about 2012? 
What about um, what about was it Jamie Hamill at St Johnston? The penalty. Yeah. But you could also say as well. Now he gets he gets he gets a bit of um, praise and he gets lauded for it at times. But Ian Black stuck in elbow in on Lee Griffiths early on in the five one cup final. If you got VAR, Ian Black gets sent off early on. Imagine well, the obvious. Would... Yeah, we only would have won four one. So I suppose the obvious one for me is Dennis Park because it's a penalty and VAR gives that a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, when Colin Hendry brings down Sandy Clark. And Robbo scores it because Robbo said on the podcast he would have scored it. It wasn't what were you thinking? It's like I'm scoring it. Um, what about the handball? Celtic semi final. Yeah. penalty. <laughs> what, now the other the other way. What if against Athens if Aguiar doesn't get that ridiculous second yellow? Hearts hold out for a one 0 win. They have a lead to take to Greece. Julian Brelli doesn't win a bloody earring and get a yellow card. For Hearts get through Champions League ten million and suddenly. For the next few years, they actually actively challenge with that extra funding, the extra kudos they get. You never know. Barrel on Henry Smith, Scottish Cup semi final, nineteen eighty eight yeah. against well, Celtic. Well, well, we could we could list we could list many. If we, if I had the time, I could name dozens more. Dozens more who have helped in producing the sliding door. door. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got any of your own, you would like to put together, then. Uh, email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk or tweet at around the funnel. Um, before we move on, let me just have a quick look. We got uh, Chungster said Jamie Walker obviously had a very respectable career, but a guy who scores goals and creates from midfield, you can't help but feel at his best. He could have kicked on and done even more. Grant Haddon mentioned Kevin Thomas, Callum Morrison, Kevin McHattie, and I really wanted Gavin Riley to work when he was brought in. The list could go on and on, really. Paul Butler says, I remember Paul McMullen, a young left back in Levine's first team in charge, yes. was great for half a season, scored a screamer. He says, I think against Aberdeen, it was actually against Kilmarnock, I believe that one. Um, he then dropped off the face of the earth with a um, talk of issues at home that seemed slight in the division. So I don't remember that, but I remember McMullen coming in, made a debut at 16, um, scored a cracking goal against Kelly. He set up a goal in the 5-1 derby earlier than that. Um, and I did look at his. Uh, I did have a quick look at his Wikipedia after, and he's one that kind of did fall into the obscurity of then being at Inverness Wraith Rovers, Sorrento, uh, in Western Australia, semi-professional club, Hamilton, Stranraer, Berwick Rangers, Glenafton, Berwick Rangers again, Clyde, Elgin City, and then East Stirlingshire. So yeah, maybe not the most memorable career in the end. Uh, Cole Spencer and Jam Tart both said Kevin Thomas, a name that comes up quite often. Uh, David McFarlane said Jim Hamilton had occasional moments of magic in other games where you forgot he was on the pitch. Uh, Willie Jameson's left foot said, I always thought Kenny Milne had something about him. Unfortunately, injuries seemed to cost him at hearts. And whilst he had a relatively successful career elsewhere in the game, he never really lived up to early expectations. Uh, I was Kevin, never I was never convinced yeah. he was a left back. No, I was going to say because he was very it was six two six three. He was a big was... lad as well, and I think did he not end up at Partick or something? Yeah, like that? he played for Partick and Falkirk. Played quite a few games. He only ever played thirteen times for Hearts. But yeah, I wasn't quite sure what his his best position was. He so, um, came yeah. through the ranks with Robbie and and the gang. I think Robbie um, and the gang. Robbie and the gang. Yeah, Kenny Milne. Yeah, it would have been big, around that big time. Lad. Big lad. 
big lad. Why? Like, nice touch for a big lad. Ryan yeah. Davidson was was never the same after his his weekly or monthly feature in the Jamble magazine. Every following striker Ryan, Ryan Davidson. Right. Anyway, let's move on from that. You're listening to Scarves Under Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So we've had the high of a win against Aberdeen, but now it's time to look at bigger picture, Mark, because it is one step at a time, as we've mentioned, one game at a time, one week at a time, and a win at home to Aberdeen won't mean anything big picture if we follow up with more poor performances and, and more poor results. And we have quite a tough run of games coming up. Uh, and it starts against a side who have, have began the season really well, St Mirren. Now, I tweeted this after the game. I wasn't the only one. I think a few people tweeted similar things. I, I feel the next run of games is going to tell us more about where this team is at and if there has been real progress than the Aberdeen game. you got St Mirren away, you got Kilmarnock away in the Cup, Ross County away, then you got the Derby. A couple of games against Rangers and Celtic. Well, Celtic first, which may be different kind of expectations in those. But this run of games coming up, it's a big run of games. And I think fans will very quickly forget about winning against Aberdeen if we don't follow up with, with anything meaningful in these fixtures especially the ones away from home where we have struggled too often. Yeah, let's, let's turn this around and, and ask you, are you keeping the same team based on what we spoke about earlier? For a different type of game at, at St. Johnston, are you are you beefing things up? Are you keeping Devlin and Haring as your your two holders? Um, because it, you're right, it will, it will tell us more. But it's a very different game. They're not. They're a side St. Mirren that, that don't mind allowing the opposition um, more of the ball, even when they play at home. Yeah. So they, we've got to be up for the battle. So Devlin plays fine with that, but my my two kind of positions right now that I'm not a hundred percent sure on are who plays alongside Devlin and who do we have on the right hand side in front of Natty Atkinson. That would be the, the two. Because we, we, we've, we've seen it. He, he ain't changing. It's a 4-2-3-1, right? It's probably going to be the same back four. Why was Atkinson taken off, by the way? Do we know? Was it uh, uh, just because he'd been booked, or was it tactical, or did he pick up a knock? Didn't get that confirmed, but he had been booked, and I guess two cup against him would potentially maybe look to expose ah, that. Okay, okay. Um, but I, I've not actually checked if there was a... A knock for yeah, him. Yeah, well, if he's if but, he's fine, uh, I'm I'm starting him. So it's the same back I five. Don't, I I don't think he changes the back four. He doesn't change no, no. Devlin. Um, alongside yeah. Devlin will That's be interesting. That's what I'm um, saying. Is who plays alongside Devlin and probably who's on the right hand side, depending on Oda's fitness. Um, I, I think the way they played. I mean, if you look at the team, you don't want to change much about a team that's won. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if everyone's available that he he makes the change that he made in the fiftieth minute, and that's Haring doesn't start and Newenhoff comes in Devil. because mm-hmm. because Newenhoff was good when he came on, so uh, you know I don't think we'll suddenly throw Benny in. You know if, if Benny was going to be the one who'd be ready for it, maybe he'd been the one who come off the bench. So I think based on the change he made in the game and the fact that Newenhoff had a positive impact in the game, 
I think you know we've tried it. You know, Benny didn't work because he's not up to he's not quite up to speed yet. Sibic didn't quite work in there either. Although you know it wouldn't be maybe the most left field if we were looking to potentially be defending more. But I think Uenhoff in this game, and you're right. You know, you're playing against a St. Mirren side that are happy to mix up. They don't necessarily want all the ball. They're very physical. You know, I think someone who can pick the ball up and play it forward and bring it forward will be interesting because I thought Devon was terrific against Aberdeen. Um, to have someone who's maybe got a little bit more um, about maybe his, his passing as well next to him, I think it could be a good double pivot in a game like this. And I think if Oda is fit, you know, he scored, you're not gonna you're not gonna not start him if he's if he's available. Boyce was good and scored, so you hardly going to drop Boyce if he's available and Vargas no, again, you, it's, you, positive, it's so. minimum it's, it's minimum it's just it's it's either enforced or if you feel someone yeah. did better coming on for someone that 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 didn't um, I think if everyone's didn't. available uh, you know unless we're going to make a major tweak based on St Mirren but you know be, bear in mind they will likely play you know, I think he does tend to favour a back three um, so similar to Aberdeen playing with that back three I know they're their wing backs get forward well. Ryan Strain's a decent player. Tanzer on the opposite side. I think he scored uh, the goal that won the game away to Motherwell. This is a decent Motherwell team that beat Hearts. St. Mirren won away to them. They're second in the table just now. I watched yeah. the highlights of that though, and uh, I mean, just listening to Stephen Robinson afterwards. And St- Stephen Robinson they at their was best, like, actually. Yeah. No, St. Mirren weren't, but but Stephen Robinson would um, would believe that they were hard done by, even if they lost six nil. And that they probably should have won the game. He was, he was, he was pretty fair afterwards, yeah. and and said, "Look, we want our best, and and it was great to get all three points when you're like that because that's a sign of a a good team." Stuart Kettlewell's like, "That's the best we've played this season, and and we've been beaten one nil." Um, by the way, they go seven points clear of us if they win. Said Marin, "Let's get the victory and move to within yeah. one point of them." That's why we've got to temper the um the excitement a little bit at this point because this is another big game and it's I guess the type of game that potentially Hearts could come unstuck in. That said, you know, although the fact that you know St Mirren have started the season well, they've got nine wins in all competitions, their last nine I should say, seven wins and two draws in that spell. Hearts are unbeaten four games at the stadium, which feels a little strange because it feels like the type of fixture that Hearts don't do well in. And they did have a long spell where they weren't um, very productive playing away to at the St Mirren Stadium. But this will be interesting, especially when you look at the defensive line that were quite comfortable against Aberdeen. St Mirren will look to go direct at times. They will look to maybe try and exploit. Kai Rolls, although he was very good against Aberdeen, they'll maybe see that as a potential weakness again. So it will be interesting to see how we cope with this game. Um, Do you think Hearts will come away with a victory in this game in Paisley, and if not, if they came away with a draw, would that be a decent result? Be a bad result. Do I think they'll win? They could. I'm I'm torn between a draw. I wouldn't honestly. I would not be surprised by any result. It's one of these fixtures. Yeah, if they beat us. It'll be like oh, Jesus. After the Aberdeen win, we're back to where we were and all that. If we draw, we're like ah, oh, tough place to go. If we win, we're like yeah, we're back. We're going to win the Europa Conference League next season. Um, and just everything gets blown out of all proportion before we lose at Kilmarnock in the the League Cup. But what 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 is not what a start to the season? What a, what a chance it is to to potentially win at St Mirren and go through in the cup 
for Stephen Naismith. And just to to kind of alleviate all the, oh, but he was involved at the start. Of course there was an involvement there, and he practically came out and, and said that. But we've got to look forward. We've, we've got to look forward. So do I think we'll win on Saturday? No. No, I think it'll be a draw. I think it, I, it's yeah. a type of fixer, Laurie. You just you kind of you pretty much know how it's going to go. Maybe not the result, but the way the game's going to be, it's just going to be yeah. scrappy as hell, and it's just it's just going to be a battle, and it's going to come down to a bit of skill here or there, a mistake here or there, or a a refereeing decision here or there. It's just it's too hard to call this one, and and it wouldn't be the end of the world to get a draw there. Um, I want three points, but I'm I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to go a draw at the weekend. You? I was going to say the same. I mean, yeah, yeah. Away from the league, we've only got one win in the last ten. And it was against St Johnston, who are joint bottom of the table for a reason, and they were the worst home side in the league last campaign. Uh, one of those draws, two two away to St Mirren. Uh, I'm going to probably say a one-one draw in this game, and. I'm gonna if we're gonna go with goal scorers, I am going to I'm, I'm always trying to avoid St. Shanklin just to, to feel like it's maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna keep backing him. He's gonna be more than gonna keep backing. It's gonna say one one in Vargas to get his first goal. What do you think? Production I had the op- I had I had the opportunity to 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 take a one-one with Vargas before you did, but I can't do it now. So I'm going to go nil-nil. You can. You can. No. We can. We can double up. Maybe it's no. like double the energy that that'll be. Or you wait forever for for no correct ones, and you both get it right. <laughs> yeah, we're not really covering all bases, then, are we? That's what. I, that's what I think. One-one Vargas, but I'm also because I'm not. If I'm not allowed to have the same one as you, if the new rules are in place. We've, we've never made that rule, but. Uh, but then, but it means I can double down and say nil nil as well. So I get, I get not the best of both worlds, but I've got a double. So if it's one one in Vargas and you don't pick, it, you can say, well, I was, I did say that's what I would have gone. Well, I, I just want one of us to be right. I don't care who. No, as, long as, it's, as long as it's not Scott when he when he comes back from his one podcast ban next week. To be fair, if it means so, Hearts winning, you know, if it's one one and Vargas is scored, um, and Hearts get a breakaway at the end, I'll be very much hoping that I'm wrong. So it does depend. If I'm wrong and it means that the result is better than I predicted, then I'll happily be wrong. Right, I'm, I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm Forget all that. 2-1 hearts, Vargas. Okay. Right, okay. So we're both going to be, it's going to be 1-1 Vargas and then there'll be a, a late winner. I'll take that. I will I will happily hand you the being right baton um, if that's the way it goes. Whatever happens, we will be back to discuss it next week. Hopefully, a positive result for Hearts. And hopefully, it wasn't a flash in the pan against the Dons. But at least, whatever happens, we had some sense of positivity this week. Thank you for tuning in. You can get in touch, as always, at Around the Funnel on Twitter. Or you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Until next time, come on the Hearts. <laughs>